the Philippines has been dubbed as the world's largest supplier of top-quality nurses. This immigration of Filipino nurses can be traced back to the 1970s, when then-dictator President Ferdinand Marcos saw an opportunity to improve the stagnating economy by sending unemployed young men to American healthcare institutions filling the gap in their demand for personnel. It was supposed to be a temporary policy measure, but the socio-economic situation in the Philippines went for the worse in that Filipino nurses overseas are happy to send back remittances rather than return to their country unemployed. One in four overseas Filipino workers are nurses, and there are roughly 150,000 Filipino nurses in the U.S., 30,000 in UAE, 19,000 in the U.K., and a steady flow of deployment continues annually. What's life like as a Filipino nurse abroad? Hello and welcome to the 68th episode of Banana Q Podcast. In this episode, we interview an OFW who has traveled and worked as a nurse in several countries around the world. We get to know how it is like to be a nurse abroad and understand why, despite the long hours and risks involved, this is still one of the most fulfilling professions. Enough of my monologue, here's our conversation. Hello, JP. Welcome to the show and how are you doing today? Hello. Good afternoon from England. I'm definitely okay. I'm feeling cold, but I'm okay. (laughs) Awesome. First, I want to ask you about your background. What was your line of work in the Philippines? I am a registered midwife and nurse back Mm. in the Philippines. That was a curriculum in my um, school. Mm -hmm. I went to Bicol University. So you have to finish like uh, within four years, you will have like um, a diploma in midwifery. Mm -hmm. And you took the board exam for that. Then after passing, you can continue in the same school. And if you failed, you need to move out and look for another school. (laughs) So luckily, I pass and then I continue with nursing. From then on, I work as a midwife and a nurse. Yes. So Bicol University. Are you originally from Bicol? Yeah, yeah. I'm originally from Bicol, but I started my nursing and midwifery profession in Manila. You've mentioned that there are a lot of nurses in our country, right? And most of them really struggle to get a nursing job. In fact, some of them would shift to another industry altogether because there's just nowhere to go. How did you find that nursing job? Okay, let me tell you a story. Mm. It's a very long story. I'll make it short. (laughs) Go ahead. It's really hard to penetrate in a hospital. Yeah. Me coming from a small town in Bicol, Mm -hmm. and I went to the big city. It's a big transition. Like, what? I don't know anybody. You know, in the Philippines, there's a culture that you have to know somebody in order to get that job. Uh, And the nurses now are very lucky because the opportunity is vast. They can work outside the country in a one-year period of time. Mm. So I started in Manila, and we have a a house in Taguig. Mm -hmm. And a nearby hospital, it's a public hospital. I just tried my luck. I don't know really anybody. So I just went there with my um, license as a midwife mm. and a nurse. I went there like, okay, I want, I want to try. But then they offered me uh, just to volunteer first. You know, mm. during those times, 2008, it was like in order for them to hire you, you need to volunteer first. Mm. So it's not a problem for me. So I did that. 
but I see my some of my batchmates of the vo volunteer team that um, when they know somebody, after four months, they get hired. Mm -hmm. But I waited for my time. So I think they absorbed me after six months, you know, and I feel happy with, with that opportunity. And I'm so happy also that I do it by myself. I didn't ask somebody to help me get that job. But, you know, I, I became patient and I work hard. Can you give us a little bit of background? Like when you say volunteer, does that mean you don't get any remuneration at all despite you working for the hospital? Yeah, nothing at all. That's the bad thing uh, in the Philippines uh, way back then that you already finished nursing, right? Which is mm. very costly and it's also hard to get the license and study. Mm. But you have already the, the, the tools. But then again, you have to render a free service. There's nothing mm. for, um, There's nothing really given to you except like a, maybe a certification. Mm. So during those times, you felt like, oh my God, am I doing this correctly? So also during those times, I was thinking like, I, I need to get out of this country. Mm. <laughs> but, but then again, in order to get out, you have to have some experience, which I think um, as far as I can remember, you need like two years. Mm. So yeah, the volunteer is like you, you're rendering service, but, you, but since you have a goal in your mind that um, I need to do this in order for me to get out of this country. <laughs> so I, I've been patient and, and, and as what I've said, I, they absorbed me after six months. Mm. So I had the money <laughs> after, mm. after that. I wanted to zoom in on your transition from a nurse in the Philippines and then getting the opportunity to work abroad. How did that happen? Uh, I will do my service in my country for two years, mm. then get out of my country. Because I've been influenced by my relatives, especially to my aunt. Mm -hmm. And I want to shout out my aunt. She's from Miami. So she was my role model that to go out of the country mm. and try your luck and your profession. Mm. And if you're successful, you will help your family, right? Yeah. So... I was like, after two years, uh, I was like, I'm um, looking for a job in, you know, Malate is yep. uh, full of agency, like uh, will help you get, get out of the country. Gotcha. So during those time, it was easier to get a job in the Middle East. Mm. So it was my target, like maybe looking for a job in Saudi Arabia. Mm. But then again, as a male nurse and you want to work in Middle East, there's a cultural um, difference that they would rather hire a female, mm -hmm. which they a female can handle uh, both male and female. But if I'm a nurse, a male nurse, I can just only handle um, the male, male patient. patients. Oh. So it's really like another burden for me, like looking for a job as a male nurse in the Middle East. Like, what the hell? Like, I was really, <laughs> really frustrated about, about my profession. Like, oh my God, this is really quite struggle. Mm. But then again, I believe that the time will always come to you. I think I'm almost turning three years in my profession as a nurse. Mm. There's an offer for me to work in Libya. Libya, during those time, 2010, mm. they, they have a good government. Their economy was still good before the war. Mm. So they hired me quickly. I think it was close to Araneta, the agency there. Mm. So like in just five minutes, they hired me like, okay, I'm going to work in one of their biggest hospital, which is their like a PGH. It's, it's, uh, their hospital is Tripoli Medical Center. Hmm. So they hired me. But I chose to stay for a bit in, in, in Taguig. And then, you know, uh, unfortunately, after one year, they have the war. Oh. So I think I made a good choice not to go there because or else I'll, I'll go home after one year. 
Because wow. 2011, that's the start of the Libyan war, you know? Mm. You really dodged a bullet there. I'm a very faithful person. Mm. So, like, I thank God for that, for, like, you know, saving me from this problem. Late of 2010, like, um, around October, mm. it was just, like, a, a random stuff. My friend, who has already an experience back in Saudi or working in Jeddah, she told me, like, you want to look for a job, there's an opening and there's an interview in Ortigas. Mm. So the next day I went there, I just walked in with mm. my CV, with my license and everything. And they told me, okay, you're, you can have an interview like uh, next week. Mm. So fast forward, I got the job in Saudi Arabia, which is a better hospital. I'm going to be working in a Riyadh, the, mm. the capital. That was October, December, they deployed me to, to Saudi. Wow, that was quick. How helpful was the agency? Aside from, of course, scheduling the interview, what else did they do to prepare you for your transfer from the Philippines to the Middle East? Well, um, I think that is one of the best agency, mm. ABA Personal Incorporated. They they not just uh, deploy nurses to Middle East, but everywhere. Yeah, it's in Ortigas, just I think uh, at the back of Mega Mall. Mm-hmm. I see. So they're very helpful. And when you, you have an, a nice agency, they really prepare you with everything. So the the papers were really smooth and i was so excited because the hospital that i will work is one of the best hospital in in saudi mm. it's modern and it's really in the near, in, in the center so you mm. know there's nothing to fear you just have to be there mm-hmm. and prepare yourself for the new new things ahead of you mm. So, yeah, I will say like um, it was an easy transition. Nice. So I wanted you to kind of compare and contrast your life as a nurse in the Philippines versus the Middle East. It must have been very different, right? It's really different. I think that the first one will be the language ah. because they speak Arabic. Although some of them uh, can speak English, but most of our patients are actually, you know, locals. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's locals. Then they don't speak much English. So, you know... When I was in my, my three months time, it was kind of shaky. <laughs> I'm having hard time, not really to the patient, but the, the things that um, need to comply. Because before you work there, they're going to train you and you have to have some like um, practical exam. Mm, like yeah. you need to show them how to do the wound care, cleaning of the wound. Like there's somebody watching over you like a, a senior or we call it a clinical instructor mm. and they will grade you. So with the language... And also the culture and the patient's attitude, mm-hmm. it, it's really hard transitioning during those times. But then again, you are surrounded with Filipinos. So during those times when I was working there, I have a charge nurse who is a Filipina. My senior nurse are Filipinos. And my colleagues were like 90% of the mm. personnel we're Filipinos, so it's not hard. I mean, there's always a comfort that uh, around you, there's a Filipino. And when you work with a Filipino, it's really a teamwork. Nice, yeah. And it's really like you work fast, really efficient job. You also need to be at your very best. So if you kind of feel low during the work, if you see a Filipino that really working like so hard, you it attracts an energy like, yeah. oh, I need to do that too. Because, oh my God, my Filipino colleague is doing that. You motivate each other with your hard work. Right? Yeah, you That's... motivate each other. Like, um, you, actually, there's always like um, a thinking that if you're a Filipino nurse, you're really a hard worker. Mm. So you have to also think like, okay, I need to, to somehow be a part of it. What, what, what is, which is, 
very natural to us. Yes. You don't need to prove it. It just comes out, you know, like um, you really need to, to work hard and be the best nurse yeah. in that hospital. Several of our guests already have mentioned that like as OFWs, one of the things that we take pride as Filipinos is the hard work that we put into everything in our yeah. profession. In the end, how did you overcome the language barrier? Um, as day goes by, you tr- you kind of, you know, absorb their language, mm. but in a broken one, <laughs> like a broken Arabic. So I, I will tell you, like uh, in my first three months, I, de- I didn't know that, sh- that that my patient is actually um, saying bad words to me. <laughs> but then again, after three months, I knew it. Then I said like, uh, then I answer him back in, in Arabic that don't say that. Ah. Like, so you kind of learn like simple words. Mm. And also you have some somehow a local worker. It's either a secretary or a security guard or another um, local nurses from their country that can really translate nice. what they want or what you want to deliver to them. Nice. Yeah. And then how long did you stay in Riyadh? Well, I stayed only for two years. I will say that my, my, my stay there was amazing. Mm. The hospital is really like modern. It's like um, I'm working in the States. Mm. Everything is uh, up to date with the equipments, with their um, procedures. Mm. I feel so sad that we don't have that in our country. Mm. Like, you know, you can just throw the, the, the bed sheet. If it's really, really dirty, you can just throw that. Mm. I mean, you don't need to save it. For another patient, you can just throw that because you feel like, oh my God, this this cannot be used anymore. But you know, in our country, we need to, we we try to save everything yes. because we don't have that capacity to to have all those stuff. Mm. And their medications are really really there. They're so lucky with their health coverage. Mm. You know, working in that hospital, you probably would have increased your skill set, right? Because you're able to yeah, work yeah, yeah. with state-of-the-art equipment versus if you were in the Philippines, you would exactly. have used... Yeah, and and you just think like an alternative. When I was working in the Philippines, you try to think um, in a different way mm. in order to, to substitute to that equipment. <laughs> you learn to become resourceful. Yeah, resourceful and creative. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, so I just stayed there for two years because mm. um, during those times, there's also like a lot of openings, you know, mm. um, working in the States or... In Australia, during those time, I have my family member. I have my older siblings that were immigrated to Australia. Mm. So I have this um, thinking that I want to work there too. Nice. Okay. So I, I said, I told myself, I, I don't want to stay here in Saudi Arabia for the rest of my life. I need to look somewhere. Because, you know, in Saudi Arabia, you don't have that too much freedom during those times. Mm. In 2011, 12, and 13. You know, you just go out with your male friends. You don't mm. have um, freedom to to really hang out with your girlfriends, you mm. know. The religion really affects how you communicate or integrate with the people. So yeah. I, I want the freedom. When I was working in Saudi, I had the opportunity to to go to Australia for mm. two weeks because my, my sister, which is now a nurse also in nice. Australia, she just graduated, I think, three days ago. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> we went there for, for her um, wedding, all of us, of my family members back in the Philippines and me in Saudi Arabia. We all went there and I see like how beautiful the country is. And, mm. you know, there there's always like uh, attracting you to go there. Like, And my mindset like, okay, I'm going to try to somehow be in here. 
So yeah, I finished my contract and my mindset was going there to to Australia. Mm, I see. And how did that go? Did you successfully transfer from Saudi to Australia? Okay. It didn't go well because mm. I think I needed the support financially from from my parents and there's always like thinking of me my my older siblings will help me mm-hmm. to go there in Australia. So it didn't push through. So I felt extremely sad like oh my god, where will I go? Mm. But then again, I have this attitude that okay, I need to do something. Mm. I look for opportunity outside the country. That's the start of me going from places to places. Mm. So I just, you know, if you have your laptop mm. and your goal and where do you want to go and an opportunity, you can always find a job anywhere else. Mm. So as a nurse, it's a, one of the best job I think to to look for opportunity outside of the Philippines because in this time. Hmm. They really need nurses. There's a lot of shortage everywhere. Yeah. I think the only the difficult thing is the language. Hmm. But the practice and how you approach the, your job is the same. Hmm. It's just like how you try to communicate and explain it. So only the barrier for nurses are the language. Hmm. But we do the same thing. I look for opportunity and I found this job in PUEA. Hmm. And it was in South America. Nice. And I'll be working as a midwife. Can you imagine a male person working as a midwife? So I asked them, "Are you sure that you want a male person to be a midwife?" But then again, when I was there, your mm. gender doesn't matter as long as you can do the job. So from the Philippines, you then shifted to another job in specifically where in South America? Oh yeah, I think you haven't heard it, but it's a beautiful country. What's it's Suriname. The- Suriname. Suriname. It's really amazing that those countries I've been to mm-hmm. is not really familiar, especially to Filipinos. Mm. It's a country that is actually uh, before was colonized by Dutch, so the, their language is really Dutch. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting countries. So, but they also good in English. But mm. most of them they're comfortable with speaking Dutch. So, if you can compare your work experience in Middle East versus the one in Suriname, how different is that? Well, it's really different. I would say my Arab patients, I can compare that they're very aggressive <laughs> okay. or they're very impatient. Mm. And you know, with the, with their culture, like um, you know, that's why they called kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. They felt like they they should be treated as a king and queen. Ooh, royalty. So when they when they <laughs> oh, I want I want a water, like you know, just near their bedside, the water is there, but they're gonna call bell for that for a nurse to give you the water, like <laughs> like in my mind, what the hell? Are you kidding me? But mm. then again, you're you're a foreigner. You cannot mm. say get your water. No, no. Of course, as a Filipino, also we're very patient, kind, and just we just be quiet and do our job. Mm. So we give them water. Mm. Or oh, this is water. <laughs> <laughs> but my patience back in Suriname, my God, I will really say I didn't have a bad encounter with my patients because they're very nice, mm. considering the fact that we cannot really understand each other, especially some patient that came from. From the outskirt, like a mountain. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will tell you something about Suriname. It's a very, very diverse country. It has um, people from originally from Indonesia, mm-hmm. which they think I'm from there. Ah, and yeah. they call it Javanese. Mm-hmm. Javanese, because I look like um, Indonesian, right? So they speak to me in um, in Dutch. But I told them, no, I'm Filipino. <laughs> so they also have people from... India. Mm-hmm. They have Chinese that mm. immigrated there. In Saudi, you've mentioned you have a big Filipino community. Is that the same in Suriname? During those times, there's a massive Filipinos going there too. 
the pay is okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Filipinos are really, really, really wanted to go out of the country. Mm. Even if they don't know the country, they, they'll just go there. You know, we Filipinos always have this thing in our mind that we need to go out of the country and help our family. Mm. And I feel I, I feel them. I, I would say that, yeah, me too. I want to go out of the country to help my family. But then again, my mindset also is to to explore something out there. Mm. I, I'm, I'm a person that wants to, I'm not afraid what's mm. out there. And I really want to experience that. And I will tell to anybody, like especially to my Filipino people, that you don't have to be afraid of going out the country as long as you as you maintain your values as mm. a Filipino. Yeah. You can always integrate, no matter the difference with the religion, their culture, because we are very accepting people. Mm. It is risky, right? You being in a very different place, you probably won't know anyone, you don't have any relative. And also I would tell like um you always have to do uh three plans. Plan A, plan B, plan C. <laughs> you just don't have to stick to plan A. So if yeah. the plan A doesn't work, go to plan B. If the plan B doesn't work, go to plan C. And there's always a home for us if we failed with all our dreams or what we want to have or our goal. We always have a home. Yeah. We, have, we have always have our family to back us up. You can always go back to the Philippines, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. And how long did you stay in Suriname? I don't know, but it's really like the, uh, running running through my veins that I need to go out of the country too. Why? I would say the country is beautiful, mm. but it's quite secluded. Mm-hmm. You cannot just go out of that country because it was bordered with another French territory and Guyana, which is a British territory. Mm. So there's always like you just have to stay there unless you have more money to go out of the to go out and explore. But one thing also it really helped me because before I left Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. I applied for US visa. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I have a, a like a 10 years US tourist visa, considering the fact that I'm just new in Saudi Arabia. Mm. I was so lucky that they gave me. The 10 years. Mm. Usually the Filipinos back in Saudi, they have to stay for five years mm. in order for them to apply, I, for them to apply like a tourist visa. But me, I just try my luck. Like, okay, I, I don't mind if they fail me or they deny my visa. Mm. So I already have in my mind, like I, I applied September and I will be leaving December that 2013. So I just, I, I try my luck. Like, okay, let me try applying for US visa. And then they, they give me that um, 10 years of ten years visa. It's really like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Because, <laughs> you know, with that um, visa, when I was working in Suriname, that's the first time I, I stepped foot to America. Nice. I have my family member in Miami, mm-hmm. where, which from that country, Suriname, there's a flight, direct flight to to Miami. Awesome. So during those times, like, I was like thinking, oh, my God, I, I, I don't feel like really staying here because... As what I've said, it's very secluded. In terms of tourism, they don't have too much to offer. They don't have like the what we have, like the very nice white beach. Because mm. it's like a, a, an Amazon, you know, a jungle. Ooh. It's not something that I, I'm very fancy of. I'm more like into a beach, water, clear mm. waters. And their, their water are like Coca-Cola, you know? Huh? Uh, a uh, Coca-Cola, you know, the, the river... It looks like a Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola color? Yeah, yeah. The I think the soil, what they have there. Ah, so it turns the water like a Coca-Cola. Does it taste like Coca-Cola as well? No, no. 
<laughs> just looks like Coca-Cola, yeah. but doesn't taste like Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola water, like uh, really like very dark. During my first three months, I felt like, oh my God, this is not the country for me. I love the experience, but I would not stay here for long. Mm. I already have that in my mind, but I need to stay a little bit, you know? So from then, I with my laptop or my phone, I was looking for a job in mm. Caribbean. I was actually looking in Trinidad and Tobago because on our way to, to Suriname, we had a layover in London. We met Filipinas that are working in Trinidad. Nice. Trinidad and Tobago, they speak English. So for me, like I felt like, okay, it's easy to ca- kind of do the job because they speak English. The pay is also okay. So I was looking for that job there, but then there's another job that was I saw. It, it's in St. Martin. Have you mm. heard about that country? Not really. St. Martin. St. Martin. Where is that? It's in Caribbean, close to Puerto Rico. Ah, it's just okay. like uh, down to Puerto Rico. Have you seen uh, in, in Facebook, like uh, the, their airport is very close to the beach that when it lands, it's almost touching the blue waters and the white beach. It's very famous. I see. Awesome. Like like the people can really take a picture of the plane just like above their head. <laughs> I see. I see. So the runway to the airport is like very close. Yeah, yeah. The runway is very region. close to the famous beach. It's called Maho Beach. Awesome. Yeah. So I saw opportunity, hmm. which is they're looking for a midwife. Since I was working as a midwife in Suriname, let me try this. Hmm. And then I emailed them. They're not replying. And then I called them. Yeah, you called them? Yeah, I called them. I, I told them, I, I, I saw a, a post in your website that you need a midwife. Do you think I am capable to do that? Mm. But then they asked me, how long you been working there in Suriname? I said, like, I'm just here three months. Mm. <laughs> then they said, you need, to re- you need to call us back if you're turning one year. Mm. So I waited and then I called them back, I think, uh, in my 10 months time in, in Suriname. Mm. They let me work as a, a nurse, mm. but in um, obstetric and gynecology, you know, the OB ward, okay. which is not bad for me because I already have the experience in Suriname. They put me in an interview mm. and yeah, luckily I got the job. Nice. Wait, the interview, you were still in Suriname. It was via telephone yeah, yeah, I was call? in Suriname. Yeah, it's uh, like a Skype. Skype call. Awesome. So now you've gone full circle, right? The combination of both of your skill set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. And how was that like? Compare and contrast your life in Suriname versus life in St. Martin. Everything is good. You know, they pay your airfare. You have like free accommodation for three months, I think. I have wow. that. Just That's very, very close generous. to the hospital. They, they are. Like, I mean, this country with a lot of funds, I mean, with a good government, Mm-hmm. They're really going to treat you so good. I don't know anybody at mm-hmm. all. I don't know any Filipino. But there's one guy. I'm a person that loves Instagram. <laughs> so I searched the hospital. Uh-huh. Then I saw this guy. Like um, He looks like he's actually originally from Suriname. Oh. So there's a connection already between us. Yeah. So I contacted him through Instagram. Like, hello, I'm here in Suriname. And I'm going to move there in St. Martin. Do you think, um, and I asked her a lot of questions about my immigration, mm. about the housing and everything, and he always responds, and he's kind of friendly. Mm. The thing is, he's also very friend, he's, he's friends with a lot of Filipinos there, which I didn't, I didn't even know. We said, nice. like, I have a best friend, my workmate, also a Filipino, but he's, he was my first contact. Mm. So when I landed there and I reached my accommodation, 
he actually turned me around. Nice. And we became friends nice. and come home like a bit best friend. Mm. So the transition there is also fabulous because in my ward, one of my superiors, Ati May, mm. she's from Bacolod and she's still there in St. Martin. And she's an amazing charge nurse. And for me, adjusting is not that hard because I already had the the opportunity to be exposed in Saudi Arabia, in Suriname. So you left the jungles of Suriname and enter the beaches of St. Martin. In beach like Burakai and <laughs> everything. So I imagine that's what you do for fun, right? You, you just go to the beach and swim. Exactly. <laughs> Why did you know that? <laughs> so like after work, mm-hmm. like... I just go to the beach and just chill and just watch the sunset or having a, a drink, a cocktail, a mojito or something. Wow. Um, working in an island, it's really like a slow pace. Hmm. I would tell you like also the work mm-hmm. can be a slow pace, but I'm a person that really needs to, like wants to work uh, fast and hmm. really quick and really do everything um, before the time. Like I, there's a, I want to finish the job as soon as possible. But mm. then again, if you live in an island, it's different. You have mm. to take your, take your time slow, but that's not me or that's not how Filipino is. Yeah, We're really like fast, you know, we do this, we do that, we do that, and we're done already. But then I observed there that everything is slow. They type slow, mm. the computer, they walk slow. Me, you know, I, I, I run fast. I go to my patient fast. I finish my job like two, two, two hours ahead of the time. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, it's really nice and relaxing. And I thought I will be settling there. Mm-hmm. That's my first thing on my mind. Like, I'm going to stay here till I have my permanent residency and mm. I have my Dutch passport. Because <laughs> it's really like, it's not heavy. Mm. If you work in an island, they, there's not too much patient. Yeah, I can imagine. That's why I thought I would really stay there for long. Yeah, it does sound like a perfect job. Yeah, a paradise. Like what changed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. From 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 the desert to a jungle, then I went to this Boracay Palawan island. But then nursing is really evolving. So I felt like um, I'm stuck there. Mm. Like uh, there's no transition for me. I want to be, you know, level up with my career. Ah. So I was looking for a, a big opportunity, and it started, I think, after two years. Mm. I want to like challenge myself because mm. I was already okay there. My job is nice, not too stressful. Mm. I have nice colleagues. I have a nice boss. Mm. I see. You got too comfortable and now you want to challenge yourself. Yeah, yeah. Too comfortable. Up. I want to mm. challenge myself. Like, oh my God, I need to level up. And during those time, I think 2017, there's also like the nursing opportunity in the UK mm. was really like pumping up in from the Philippines. Like everybody's going there. You know, social media can really affect your mind. <laughs> like I told myself, like, oh my God, I saw this, my 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 schoolmate is already there. Mm. And I think like, I think if he can do it, of course I can do it too. Mm. There's always a mindset like that. If somebody can do it, why can't I? Mm. I'm single, I'm free as a bird. So there's really nothing to really think. Nothing's holding you back. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing holding me back. So I want to try that opportunity. Mm. There's something actually happened. That's why it really pushes me to to leave that country. You know, have you heard about the one of the worst hurricane in century? It's called Hurricane Irma. Oh, I think it's 2017, as far as I can remember. It affected my island. I yes. lost my mm. house, some of my things, and I was there. 
And, you know, in the Philippines, we're used to all these typhoons, typhoons every yeah. year, now and then. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of different there. Like, it's the first time, like, during the the eye of the hurricane, mm-hmm. I call, I still have a phone signal. I message my rel- my mom, I think my mom and my sister, that I love them. Because mm-hmm. oh, it feels wow. like you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so tragic. I came from Bicol, which has always been hit by typhoon when mm-hmm. I was in high school, college, and everything. But during those times, it's my first time to experience one of the hardest and worst hurricane in the entire planet. I'm not really, really vocal in terms of that. Mm-hmm. But then I messaged them because I felt like, oh my God, is, is this the end of the world? Wow. And can you imagine that? It's really like after the hurricane, everything was, it looks totally, it's not paradise like a hell. Like the beach looks ugly. The buildings were crashed, a lot of things. So it affects me mentally mm. then during those time i also got i i was heartbroken it was like at the same time it all comes all of that it's not just your house that it's got just, broken your heart got destroyed as but well. my heart and there's an urgency for me that i wanted to to, to level up myself do you mm. do you know what i mean like it all comes to that point so mm. my bosses were really supportive that i told them i can't i can't i, I need to get out somehow mm. i'm not saying i'm not gonna I'm going to leave for good. But I told her I need a break. It's either, I was thinking it's either I'll go to my aunt in Miami Mm. or I go to the Philippines. Uh, I didn't tell them that I'm going to leave for good. Mm. I just told them that I need a break. Mm. I really need a break. It's really not, uh, I'm not good mentally Mm. or like emotionally. Mm. I need to leave. And then they give me that opportunity, which I'm very happy. I was like almost like giving up with my dreams of working as a nurse. I don't know. I don't really... I lost my appetite for mm. nursing or, or working. But when I went home, I was really comported by my parents, which I'm very thankful. Like, um, I didn't went home to my province. I stay in Taguig, in our house there. Mm. And my parents went there to, to check if I'm okay. And they were there looking after me. I was just there in my room. Mm. But I don't have any thinking that I will do something bad. Mm. I feel like uh, I want to to embrace all the pain, embracing all these emotions mm. that I cannot really, really express it yet. But yeah, after a few days, there's already like a solution. That mm-hmm. without, I think without my parents and the people that really care for me, I don't think uh, I can get up with that um, um, that moment, which is I think the worst moment of my life. And then I, at the speed of the second, no, you have to go on with your career and with your life. And that's the time I went back to apply to work in the UK. Mm-hmm. It was the same agency that helped me with um, the Saudi going to Saudi. Mm. Abba. Yeah. So I already starting to to lift up myself and get back on track. Mm. So I went there. I cut my hair. I went to. <laughs> I went out with my friends, drinking and partying. So I was like, slowly, I'm getting getting there to be okay. And then I applied there. And I got the job again. Wow. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, it's so amazing. Like, but I'm still like uh, on contract in St. Martin. Mm. I got the job already. I have the, I just need to submit all the requirements mm. that was needed, especially the English exam. If you want to work in the UK, that's the most important thing. The IELTS exam, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then I have the job offer and everything. So they told me you need to comply this in one month time, two months time, three months time. So I went back to the island, mm. but with that thing that I have the opportunity to work in the UK, 
I already decided. Oh, I need to leave this island. <laughs> mm, That's the time I I kind of think like, okay, it's time for a new journey again. Mm. But it wasn't that straight ahead to the UK. Mm. For Filipinos nurses that want to work to this English country, it's mm-hmm. really hard to pass the exam, the IELTS. It takes them three times, mm. four times. I know my capability. I know somebody that's already good in English, but they still failed. Mm. So I have this backup plan. So that's the time that I moved to another country. I see. Where? In Belize. In Belize. Okay. It's a backup plan. Because mm. if I didn't pass my IELTS, mm. there is an exemption that if you work in an English-speaking country that was part of UK before, which Belize is a part of the UK before, they speak English, but they are in Central America. Mm. How crazy is that? <laughs> They're surrounded by Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, mm. but their country is an English-speaking country amidst of all this Spanish-speaking country. Mm. So I moved there. That was my plan B. Because if I didn't pass my IELTS, I can show them that I work in an English-speaking country for a year. Mm. Then I will be exempted yeah. in in the IELTS. So I called them again, like, are you looking for us? Mm. It has to be you. You, you. You're the navigator of your career or your mm. life, whatever. You don't have to relate to anybody. Mm. You have to, like, do the best as far as you can. Like, so I call them and they're looking for nurses and they're looking for a lot of nurses. Mm. Penetrating there was quite also hard because you have to wait for the papers and you need to be there personally for the interview. Mm. And also they're still part of Caribbean, which they work also slow. <laughs> so like, for example, you apply for your work permit already. It mm. takes them like two months, three months for them to to process, process and yeah. approve your papers. So I waited like um, four months. I just went there for holiday and to see what's really in there. I was actually stayed in, uh, I stay in Miami with my aunt, which is very supportive. I, I, I give a shout out to her mm. for always helping me with my crazy dreams, <laughs> really supporting me and not asking why. And yeah, and then I went for interview. It's a panel interview, which I know I nailed it. Mm. They told me, oh, you're hired. But then again, I have to wait for my reciprocity of my license as a Filipino nurse. Mm. It took me, I think, two months for mm. them to approve my my license. Mm. And once I have that, I, I flew to that country. At first, you really need a visa. But since I have a U.S. visa, which I'm very thankful, once you have a U.S. visa, you can enter some countries without visa. Mm. So I showed them. I didn't tell them in the immigration that I'm going to be working there. Yeah, I felt bad with our passport. It's very weak. Yeah. And they always try to intimidate you like your Philippine passport. And they're going to think, oh, you're going to be staying here illegal. Like, oh, my God. Like, You were there in Belize for how long? So I waited for almost two years. But I had I had a good time there. I, I, I've been traveling back and forth to Mexico, to the, to the U.S. Hmm. I had a chance to go to Guatemala. Early of this year, I already started processing my U.K. papers. So I was like, if the opportunity is massive, you cannot just think like, okay, I'm going to work here in Belize forever. There's more out there. It's up to you to explore, especially these days. Everywhere is looking for nurses. How is your experience there? Will you be staying there indefinitely or permanently? For now, yeah. I would love to really stay here. There's One thing I like here is that you don't, you don't have too much work, uh, work days. Hmm. Like uh, you only work 37 hours. Hmm. 
And that 37 hours is very nice because you're going to have like a four days off. Mm. They really take care of your well-being. If you want to earn more money, that's the time you took uh, the overtime. Mm. But the, the real time to work is only 37 hours. So if I work like uh, Monday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I have the rest week off. And it, the people here is amazing. Like they really support you. And in terms of training, everything that you need to do, you have to train first, even though you already have the idea. Hmm. But you have to go through to the to the learning and practice before you really do it. And the the colleagues were nice, and especially the patients were like really, really sweet and polite, which is something that you you put put in your heart and mind that yes, I will stay here hmm. because what else can I ask for? I have um uh, long days off. I have yeah. nice people to work with. I have the support. What would be your advice for anyone who's aspiring to work overseas? We are known of one of the best nurses in the world. So we have already the advantage. And you just have to keep in your mind that um, you have your family backing you up. Mm. But then again, you ha- you, you're, you're the leader. You, you, you're the one supposed to, to take the, the initiative to look for the opportunity the opportunity is not only in the Middle East, it's everywhere. It's massive. So come go out of our country, be confident, and uh, stick to your um, Filipino values and enjoy the, the experience and the ride and, and be faithful and pray. Yeah, that's it. Wow, very powerful. I have been speaking with JP Rancis, joining us from his lovely home in England. JP, thank you very much and stay safe. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this conversation, be sure and check out other episodes related to OFW Life. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple or both. We love hearing your feedback and comments. Send them our way through bananacubepodcast at gmail.com or in any of our social media handles. That's it for this episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.